I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast. We're now on season two, episode three, um, with myself, Joseph Redmond, and of course, my good friend, Simon Towner. How are we doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. you? Yeah, all good. Uh, it's good that you can join us in uh, all glorious standard definition this week. Do you know what? It's, it's the MacBook from Apple, and I like this MacBook. It looks pretty. It does everything I need it to do, but... Didn't realise that it didn't come with a front HD camera. Shit, well, mine, mine, mine I've, I've got the same MacBook. I think mine's just maybe a year or two younger than yours, isn't it? And mine's, no one wants to see me in HD, but they clearly can see me in HD. So maybe they just did it that year where it just changed that year. But it's weird because it, it HD yours cameras is a... phones for years. I know, yeah, but I don't understand because it's not that old, this laptop, but there you go. There you go, indeed. Um, but yeah, nice you to join us. Thank you for coming along. Uh, what have you been up to? Anything good? No, nothing uh, major. Got back to work, obviously. Started cutting the boys there again at the ready for the football season, which was amazing. It's amazing for me personally. That's all. No one else up again. I saw you did Eaton's there as well. How is Tom? Everyone, everyone. He's good. Him. Yeah, he's uh, he's still fighting fitness. Um, I don't know what 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 his expectation was, but he's not far off being back. Uh, on the grass. I, know, I know it's not exactly Burnley, but it's um, a little bit worrying for him on a personal level, I presume, that Villa have just signed that keeper. Yeah, I mean, that, that, my opinion of it is obviously they need a keeper to start the season and, and if he's not fit, then they have to get someone else because obviously Rayner's gone back, hasn't he? So, um, I think that it's, he's still up for grabs. He's, he's still got the number one shirt. He came in when they were already number one and got that yeah. number one shirt off him. And he's still number one at the minute. So let's see where how the season pans out. But hopefully he gets his chance back. He's he's at that age where he needs to be playing. Um and he's definitely good enough. We all know that as Burnley fans, no one's got any bad 
bad words to say about him as a keeper. He's uh, definitely, definitely good enough to be a Premiership number one. So hopefully it's uh, back this season and not waiting another season. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, moving on, just before we get started, a big shout out to our, our sponsors, Pitch Sport. Um, as we say every single week, please go and download the app. It is available on the App Store and the Google Play Store. And you can go on, chat to other Burnley fans, chat to fans of other clubs, predict your teams, predict your scores, and even give ratings after the game. So if you haven't already, please do uh, go and download that. Now you can see the banner at the bottom of the screen as we speak. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Please go and check them out. As you can see, uh, moving on, I got the new shirt today. Okay. I used to quite like it. I've, it's Wolves part. It's, it's, it just annoys me though, like how the negative reaction to literally anything. Now, when it were when I think we've discussed it before, so we'll quickly go over it. But when when it was on that court hanger in a council flat, it looked shit. Let's be honest, it did look shit. Now it looks good. It looks decent. It looks good on the players. It looks even better on me. You know what I mean? It, it, lo- it looks fine. It's, it's a nice... I actually like the collar. Everyone slagged the collar off. I even went... Wrong one. I even went for a Prem badge this year. This annoys me, though. That's not to do with the club. Remember when the Prem badges used to be actually decent? Just yeah. sticker now. That's it. You can hear it. <laughs> Shit. It's... Uh, yeah, no. They, apparently, they're not the full size as well. If that, is that correct? Uh, what, these? Mm. I don't know. It does look a bit small now you mention it, but apparently one, so. One thing apparently I believe is um, they're a, they're a QR code. Now I haven't tried this out yet, so I might end up looking like an absolute fool here. They're meant to be a QR code these days. So how do you do it? You just scan it. It's grabbed it. It's grabbed something. It has grabbed it. Apologies if you listen on the podcast. Um, you, this is terrible audio. It's a terrible radio, but it's good visual. But nothing's happening. So it's grabbed nothing it, happened. it has jammed it, but it's done nothing. Um, so we'll try oh. it again. We'll try it again. Apologies if you're listening on the on the podcast. So anybody don't know, Joe, Joe's got a 50-piece sticker size Premier League badge on the side of his sleeve, and he's trying currently to scan it. Come out, come out a bit. Well, you're not flat. You're not flat to it. Oh, for God's there sake. You go, there. there, stop. Got it. Is it balls? QR. It's not on. doing out. It's not doing out yeah. now, is it? No, it's not you are. I heard that once you scanned it, it like went to YouTube. You won the Premier like, League. Of that team or whatever. Um, no, it doesn't. Yeah, happy with it. That's what, I, that's what I got told. And I've seen someone on, on YouTube doing it, but it was obviously um, a load of bollocks. But where are you, where, where are you going? Are you just deciding now you're going to fuck off? Or what? Is that <laughs> it? You, you turn up late. You, you, you're on work to get on the show. You turn up late. And then when we're doing the podcast, you just randomly decide to walk off halfway through. Yeah, Apologies right. again to those listening on the on the podcast. He's Oof. he's just walked off. Now he's crawled back. He's, got he's, he's just, just getting his time Matt Lowney shirt. He didn't want to be outdone, obviously. No, I'm doing the QR shit. Oh, fucking hell. After all that, I don't even have one on it. Has the, something else on it. The BLM by any chance. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why I didn't mention it. We're all inclusive on Turfcast podcast. Um, no, no, because of that, because you were saying, oh, you don't want to be out done for. Here we go. But look at the size anyway. Does that look different size? I mean, a little bit, yeah. It's a bit... can't really tell. No, don't know how close you are. Don't know how close you are. Anyway, let's get chatting for those on the podcast, because those on the podcast have just had six and a half minutes of absolute shy that they don't know what's going on. Um, quite a lot been going on today, on the day that we're re- recording, which is obviously Wednesday. Um, 
quite a lot's already gone on as well. We've got two game, two games to discuss, two potential signings to discuss, and now an American takeover to discuss again after more news has brought today, which I believe me, I know that you don't know anything about because you've just told me. But let's get started. We'll go all the way back to the start of the week. Burnley won, Sheffield United won, Burnley win on penalties, go. Smashed it. It was, but it was a bad game. It was a poor game. Your analysis. It was a poor game. It was. Burnley, I'll take beating anyone on penalties. It's a different sort of like buzz in it than just winning 1 0 or 2 0. Or winning on penalties is like a, an achievement in itself. So I'll take that. Uh, were we convincing? No, but in the second team that we had, I was pretty, I was pretty content with it. Jimmy Dunn's got a couple of games. Obviously, we'll go into that one again. But uh, disappointing thing is, this is cluster of games. And apparently it's like third round, fourth round, weekly, fifth round, and, and so on for, for the foreseeable. That, that's what I'm led to believe. For the foreseeable, that's what doing. get into them rounds, yes. Get into them rounds. So to think that seeing Goodmanson come off in week one is a massive sort of statement, isn't it, of like the stress that this is going to put us under for the if we do do a cup run. But everybody wants to see a cup run. Winning on penalties is the reason we want a cup run. We want that buzz about the season because we're probably not going to achieve things that we have done anywhere else other than a cup run. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I do want a cup run. Um, and it's a shame that this season happens to be the season. You can understand why, because obviously the break and the season starting later. Later, sorry. And later. And any potential sort of like breaks again could be coming up with any potential national lockdowns. So you can understand why they're doing it like that. But it's the first season in a long time where our squad has been so ridiculously threadbare that we're having to go into the under-23s to, to play against Millwall, which is probably going to be the case. Obviously, we're, we're recording this on, on Wednesday. The game's on Wednesday night, so there's going to be no chat about the Millwall game other than the fact that we're going to mention it. And we won't be able to chat about it because it hasn't happened yet. And But when you're listening to it, it has. Um, but yeah, like I said, into the next round against Millwall tonight. Like I said, not going to mention it, just mention it again. Um, but we will quickly predict it. Um, looking like it's going to be a mixture of under-23s and first-teamers. Fingers crossed Tarky gets a game. Fingers crossed he's back from Rome. Apparently, we're at Rome at 2pm yesterday. It's obviously a load of bollocks. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> eh? I doubt it. Yeah, it, it, oh, you must have missed it then. Um, his missus, obviously, I know that you, you that you know and you do Air Force and stuff like that. She put a picture up. And you know like how you put old pictures up when you're on holiday and stuff? She put an old picture up at, up at Rome and not Burnley fans screen captured it. Like, oh, is he Rome? What's he doing? I'm like, well, he's not in Rome, is he? He's not wearing a mask. He's got a coat on, for God's sake. It's September in Italy. He's not going to wear a coat, is he? Use your brain. Um, but anyway, hopefully he plays and hopefully we get a win. I'm going... Ah, 1-0 Burnley, 2-1, something like that. It depends on the team, though. I think, I think we should win. The second team or first team should win against the Championship side these days. So I'll still I'll still go for a win. Um, I'll put a 2-0 on there. I think we'll have enough defensively. Um, well, if Tarky plays, definitely. But Tarky with the court on, if I remember rightly, was the international break where he didn't get called up. Um Earlier in, all of them. Yeah, all here in, earlier in this year, maybe. There you go. It, it, it was just one of them where you just use a bit of common sense, and it's obviously not today. You can see there's crowds in the background. It's obviously not. It's obviously not oh. now. There's crowds in the background, that sort of thing. Uh, but moving on anyway, because like I said, I didn't really want to discuss the Millwall game in too much detail because when every time everybody's listening to this, um, it'll already been on, and we could have got beat four 0 and everyone's in a mood about it. Hopefully, we've won though. Fingers crossed for that. Uh, but moving on, obviously Leicester City four Burnley two. That was at the weekend. Thank you to all um, that watched the watch along uh, on Sunday. Was it? Yes, it was Sunday. It was me, Simon, 
who's um, checking Instagram, I think, uh, Johnny Tate and our good friend Quill to Barra um, on the watch along. Now, we might have got beat, but we, we scored two goals and we had a laugh on the watch along as well with some of the statements coming out from uh, some of the lads on there, namely Johnny Tate. Um, but yeah, uh, Leicester four, Burnley two. If you can, if you've been listening, Simon, I don't know if you have yeah. a mic on your phone. Um, sum up that game. Uh, it, do you know what? I said it after the watch along. It, I knew where our frailties were. I knew what my concerns were before that game, for where they were, and they were apparent. So everything else went as I, you know, we scored goals, we played all right football, we got through it relatively unscathed, other than the Brady fractured rib. That's not a serious fracture. That's a slight fracture, but still a fracture. So you you know more about that. Apparently, it's it's that hairline that it's not any difference between that and a bruised rib. Uh, apparently, that's what I believe. So therefore, it's not misplaced. It's just literally a hairline fracture. Yeah. So I've been told that um, uh, it's, it's two or it's, three weeks. Yeah, it's 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 not that long. Uh, there's loads of little things you can do, but it's whether there's a little you've got loads of muscles and ligaments and all sorts around your ribs that keep all your all your arms and that and it's whether it just depends which rib and whether it's pulled anything off that's what i've done before now i've thought they've done a normal x-ray said oh you've not broke oh and then because i can't lift my arm or you zoom right in and then there's a tiniest little crack and that they'll say oh that'll be why you got the stroke yeah, I remember. I, didn't, I remember um, you. You went to doctors once. And you're like, "Oh, you're fine. You've not broken anything." You're like, "I'm telling you now, mate. I have." Zoom in. He zoomed in, and there you go. Broken, broken limb. Well, that's it. But he, uh, I'm sure he'll be back in two or three weeks. It's not a big thing. But the the issue is, it's just the, it's the breathing. You can't breathe correctly, so it's the fitness is going to drop dramatically in a week or two, and not being able to run around properly. Apparently, that's what Dash was saying in his press conference. He was saying we did notice that he wasn't running because he said he was struggling to breathe. So obviously, if you run, you run. Yeah. You get out of breath. You run faster. You breathe faster. Your heart rate goes faster. And that's everything, obviously, in and around the rib area. Um, and obviously, that that was that's what he was struggling with. But there you go. Um, biology on Turfcast. Um, oh, my God. One. I'm like Dr. Thingy you, on Lorraine. You are, you, you, yeah, you are our doctor now. You are the Turfcast doctor. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're our expert on him. Two to three weeks, he'll be back. Happy days. Hopefully, we see Robbie Brady back in two to three weeks. But I want to mention Jimmy Dunn. Obviously, it was his Premier League debut. Got a goal. And yeah. apart from a mistake for their first or their second, which nobody really picked up on, apart from us on the watch along, we all mentioned that yeah, what's he doing there? He's pretty much clattered whoever he were. Kevin Long weren't. Long. He went through the back of Kevin Long when Kevin Long were, I won't say had it covered, but Kevin Long were jockeying. Dealing with the was. situation, yeah. Yeah or attempting to deal, him with, deal with it. And Jimmy Dunn just goes right through the back of him. And I remember down thinking, what the fuck are you doing? But I, 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 on a whole, I thought he played well for a, a lad on his Premier League debut to say that this time only, what, last season he were at Fleetwood, I think he were. Yeah, and I got sent home from Sunderland. Fleetwood, uh, Fleetwood sent him home, but I don't I think, think Sunderland played him for a majority of the second part of his law. Uh, and then, like you said, he's been thrust into the deep end like, hey, go on defend against last season golden boot uh, let's not underestimate the power of Leicester's attack um, so I think he did really well uh, we, we leaked goals without two players that we think should be in the England squad in Ben Mee and Tarkovsky so to to survive as well as we did I think it, you know what I mean it could have gone either way we missed a couple of chances uh, and I don't think they've created much more than the ones they scored you know where I thought, bloody hell, we got away with one there. Yeah, uh, they, they just took the chances, and it, it's it's unfortunate. But I think Jimmy D did really well. 
Jimmy D just nicknamed him. Jimmy um, D, That's new Jimmy nicknames. D. Sunny D, but Jimmy. Sunny D, but yeah, but less sugar. Um, so <laughs> Jimmy D, he did well, and I want to see him again tonight. I want to see him get momentum. I've said it before, I'll say it again. When when Tarky fit in and, and Pork fit in and all them lot, it was like, you know, I, I remember Pork coming in thinking, my God, that's it, now season's over. And and look where that ended up. So who, who knows where it'll bring us. Yeah, it's one of them. He will only improve by being thrown in at the deep end. Hopefully he plays alongside Tarky tonight, as you said, to get some momentum and, and he can now play against, in our opinion, one of the best English centre-backs there is and learn from him, and then learn the Burnley system, playing alongside a better player, no disrespect to Kevin Long, but as someone who's played in the Burnley system a lot longer. And even if he, in the end, he isn't quite good enough to make it, Jimmy Dunn, because he's played 10, 15, 20 Premier League games, we'll make more money on him when we sell him to a high-end championship. Well, probably let him go for free at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm, he yeah. is, it, for me, that mistake that he made, what led to the goal, was purely adrenaline-based. I mean, like you said, he's took... He's just gone charging through, took his eye off what's around him other than what's in front of him, clattered into somebody. It didn't seem like Long stepped in front of him or anything. He just seemed to just run it like a charging bull. So I think that's adrenaline sort of error. And then then things aren't going to happen the more used to you get that environment. And the first Premier League, who can blame him for being overzealous and a bit like that? Sticking with Jimmy Dunn, um, I haven't got it to hand, but I remember, I think Sean Dyche said in the press conference yesterday... Um, he did well, but he's got a long way to go. Now, one of the questions I asked on Turfcast on the socials this week, if you don't follow us, please do, Turfcast podcast on all your social media channels, um, is is he good enough for the Premier League yet? And I'll ask that question to you now. No, absolutely not. But I, I don't mind trying him, as daft as that sounds, but I want someone next to him like Ben Mee or Tarki. Unfortunately, you can't put two second-string players next to each other and expect them to do the same job. Yeah, uh, you still need, like you said, that captain role next to him, the arm around his shoulder when it's not going his way, uh, and the person to put his head back on when it's falling off. You know what I mean? It's just, I think, I personally think him and Tarky would work quite well together because he's the left foot, right foot. We know Dice likes that. Ben Me's still not back yet through his illness or injury, I don't know which it is. So, yeah. Yeah, the Ben Me one's a strange one. Um, there's nothing real to discuss because I don't really know what's going on with it, but obviously, he's been out for a while now. Um, and obviously he had the premature daughter during lockdown or just just after lockdown. So I'm not sure if it's anything to do with that. Hopefully everything's hopefully all right not, with hopefully Ben. Not. Yeah, hopefully everything's all right with Ben. And we see him back soon. But just focusing on the Leicester game again, um, we looked quite good going forward, didn't we? Like you said, we scored yes. two goals against a very good Leicester side who are decent enough at the back. Admittedly, they do want to strengthen at the back. Um, and we probably saw signs at the weekend uh, as to why. Um, but uh, Dwight McNeil didn't even play that well. In fact, I thought Dwight McNeil was quite poor. So what was different with us going forward, do you reckon? Because I, I don't really know what it was. I don't know, because like you said, Dwight wasn't that great. Brady got injured through, you know, I don't remember what time he got injured, to be fair. When did he get injured? First half, 30-odd minutes. Yeah, so it's like yeah. we missed him for the majority of the game. That's what we're trying to work out, whether... So, you you know, and then there's no government sense. So, you two, your major threats have gone. I'm getting more and more passionately sort of buzzing about Eric Peters. The the job that he's doing, at one point, he was left wing because there was an injury to Brady. Then I seen him in like a defensive midfield playmaker role, just sitting in front of the back four. I don't know whether he were lost or whether that was what he was meant to do. I don't know whether he just took the wrong turn on pitch. But he basically seems to fit every single 
role that he gets. And it, he's coming on, and I'm thinking, oh, fuck it now. But then now, the more he's coming on now, the more I'm thinking, oh, it's right. So he'll, he'll sort it out. He can fill that gap. He's becoming the new Jeff Hendrick of filling in yeah, the gaps. It, it's a good point you raise. I, I, I do worry when he comes on because he can he can get caught out, especially if he's playing further back. So if, if for example, he's playing at right back or, or left back as he normally does, um, I do get a little bit worried because he can be caught out. I think he was caught out a couple of times in the Peterborough game, but he also scored and got an assist, I think, if I remember rightly that time. Um, but he, he is the ultimate professional and it is an absolute credit to have him at the club. Like, every time yeah. he speaks in interviews, um, he's always saying about how, he'd, how he would love, how he, how, he would, how he would play anywhere and stuff like that. He's happy to do so. Um, and he always does a job. Might not be the best job in the world. He might not get you out of, his, out of your seat, but... But he does a job, and it, and yeah, it's a good point that. But this is why I bring him into the conversation because I think a lot of the threats came from sort of like that left position. Um, and Chris Wood made a goal out of half a chance, and that's being sort of like positive about it. It were basically I don't know how he got that defender off him, and then to do the finish he did against one of the world's best, well, Premier League's best keepers. Um, he, 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 that's what I'll, you've got to love about him. He gets what three chances a game if he's lucky, and to come away with a goal like that, I think he's, he's quality. And we missed we missed one as well. So I think positives, a lot of positives come out of it, even though we've got we conceded four. It's another one to add to the Chris Wood is fucking brilliant list and stop yeah. slapping <laughs> off these set of idiots I've list. No, because that is, it's a ball in, and like you say, it's a decent enough ball. But the defenders there, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. The defenders got him marked. Chris Wood somehow. Strengthens him out the way is because I, 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 that's not a word, is it? That's not the correct word. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to use the word push because the push. push yeah, yeah. Foul. Um, so I'm going to say strengthens. He moves him out the way. There we go. That's such a simple it. word. He moves him out the way, brings yeah. the ball down, and then smashes it in the bottom corner. He's class. All, yeah, he's class. He's class. Annoys me how people don't like him. But anyway, moving on. That's both the games done. Um, like I said, we won't talk about the Millwall game too much because it's tonight. We've done have a little bit on that. Uh, and we'll have a look at the Southampton game later in the podcast. Uh, but now, moving on. Um, quite a lot of things going on um, in terms of incomings and, and the potential outgoings. Uh, but what we will do first, we will have a look. I'm sorry, man. I don't think I heard that. As you said, there's quite a lot going on. There's quite a lot going on. There's quite a lot going on. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on at Burnley Football Club. Someone's possibly kidnapped Mike Garlick and he's, you know, uh, impersonating him. I've heard Mike Riggs come off furlough. Uh, that's gone down. That's what it is. That's probably what it is, yeah. But um, obviously, every week I upload a fan time video to the fan, uh, uh, sorry, to the Pitch Sports app where I ask you, the fans, a question on sort of like certain things happening and things like that. Last week, I asked you where you think James Tarkovsky will be when the transfer window closes. Now, I asked you last week, didn't I, Simon? And I think you said, you don't know anything. I don't know. I promise you, I know nothing. I don't know nothing. anything, but I think he's going. Uh, still sort of that same sort of thing, because it's quietened down a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's quietened down. Fingers crossed that we're going to get away with this transfer window. If you can survive till January and get players back and then have more time to invest in the, the, the recruitment side of it, uh, that would be the perfect scenario for all of us, I think, if we could just drag it out till January. But I do think the way the market is these days, there's not been any major sort of 40, 50s in like the in the in these sort of teams that are looking at him. There's not been any of that really. Um, if certain offers come from certain clubs, I do think it'll be hard for us to keep hold of him. But as a Burnley fan, I want to keep him as as his hairdresser. I wish him all the best, whichever way it goes to us. 
Yeah, that's uh, totally fine. I, I, I sometimes wonder, though, if because sometimes this happens, doesn't it? Like you'll see clubs come in and come in and show loads of interest. Then it goes quiet for a bit. Then bang, a couple of weeks for transfer market shuts. They come in, they bid, then they go. Like, it could be happening with Sancho at United, maybe. You know, you've seen it happen with these sort of deals and stuff before. So hopefully it's not the quiet before. We've seen it. Do you know who does? You used to do it to us all the time. It's Spurs, they'd bump us up, bump us up. So that like, it's like they had a, a plan all along. To, they just set the benchmark, right? This is the bottom line, basically, because Spurs give us that. Uh, and then it seems to be, I think that's what the West Ham scenario is. I think that's always just going to be a bottom line. I don't think it's going to be an offer that we take. Yep, fair enough. So anyway, as I said, I asked this question on the Pitch Sport app this week uh, and your responses are FPL Claret uh, has been in touch. He says, seeing as it was apparently in Rome on the day we were meant to play Millwall, I'll say he's probably off. I know you listen to the podcast FPL, but I can tell you now he wasn't in Rome. Um, Robbo, um, which I think is Lindor's new name, um, says, as soon as a club with European football bids over £30 million, he's gone. If Leicester bid £40 million, I'd expect to see him go. Yeah, I think if, if no, Leicester bid £40 million, I think, I think it's fair to say that you know he's off. Uh, Nathan Rogers says, I think the club will price him out of any possible move, if I'm honest. As much as I like Torquay, but on the flip side, I would not be happy if we paid £50 million. Sorry, would I be happy if, if paid £50 million for him? Probably not. Uh, friend of the podcast and watch along regular Neil Layfield says, "Don't think he'll leave until January at the earliest." Johnny T, um, which I think is is Johnny Tate, um, says Robbie Brady will be Player of the Year. That's not relevant, Johnny. But then also says, "Yes, I think you didn't really write that. I'm just throwing him under." <laughs> <laughs> says, "Yes, I think he will." He just puts yes. So thanks for that, Johnny. Yes. Can you elaborate next time, please, mate? Um, but thanks for the response. Just elaborate next time. And finally, Burnley FC later says, if Dash, I'll start again, put my teeth back in. Mm. If Dash thinks he'll stay, I think he'll stay. Fair enough. I mean, it's not that Dash is pushing a narrative. If press Dash, what? If Dash thinks that he will stay, I think that he will stay. Uh, yeah, I get it now. Uh, nah, that, that, nah. No? No. Nah. I, 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 Dash plays the media very well. I think it's fair to yeah. say. Dash knows what he's saying in press conferences. He's not going to sit down and go, "Yeah, it's fucking going." And what a, what a see you next Tuesday is for that as well, because then everyone will be like, "Well, that's just panic stations." Oh my god, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna push the and and you wouldn't want him to. He plays the media well, and I, I like the way he does it. I wouldn't want him to come out and say all that. I want him to lie to me. I want him to pretend it's all rainbows and lollipops when it isn't. Because if he told me that the you know the Jimmy McElroy standard falling down. I'd, I'd be I'd be puffing my pants uh, for the season ahead. But you look like you want to say something. Read out the Nathan Rogers one again, please. <clears throat> Did I read too fast for you or something? No, it's just that I want to make sure I get it right before I say what I'm saying. I think the club will price him out of any possible move, if oh, I'm right, being yeah. honest. As much as I like Talker, but on the flip side, would I be happy if paid £50 million for him? Probably not. That is to me bang on. I don't think there's a better way of putting it. I think the only way we will keep target is if we outprice him from the rest. It's not that we expect 50 million. It's not that we're putting a, down a gauntlet saying 50 million you can have him. I think we're thinking no one's going to pay that. That We we thought that that would be... No one offers 25 million and we said 50. That's that's not the way negotiations work, really. It's there's They said that to price him out and I think that Rogers has got it right there and I think would I be happy signing Tarkovsky at Burnley for 50 million to when you probably could get two or three 
different types of players, granted, but uh, it's a lot of money to spend, isn't it, on a player, £50 million. So I do think it's been put down to, to outpricing. So anyway, let's talk about people potentially leaving uh, and more talk about people coming in. Um, on the day that we're recording, Wednesday, uh, the news brought this morning by um, the the bell end that you saw with Slagburnley off. The bell end that you saw with Slagburnley off um, from the yeah, Argus, who's now, who's now moved to the Athletic. Andy Naylor, I think he's called, is the Brighton and Hove Albion reporter. Um he brought the news this morning that uh, Dale Stevens is pretty much joining Burnley. He is having his medical today, the day that we're recording, in the capital. I presume, obviously, with Burnley playing down at Millwall, the club officials have gone down and just booked an hotel or whatever you need to do for, for the medical. Um, and that's happening today, apparently. So that should be confirmed over the next couple of days. Um what are your thoughts on this signing then? Uh, obviously, Dyche wanted him a few years ago. Now, I've got some reservations about this, not on his quality, but it's not something that has really done the rounds on the Burnley socials, so I'm not sure many yeah. people are aware of it. Um, but obviously, Burnley tried to sign him a few years ago when we first got promoted to the Premier League, when we beat Brighton and Hove Albion to the league title. Brighton ended up finishing third and failing in the playoffs. Brighton then went up the year after. During that summer, though, Burnley made three or four bids for Dale Stevens. Um, Dale Stevens even put in a transfer request because he wanted to come. Brighton held, held firm and he stayed at Brighton. Now, the year after Brighton went up, I think they won the league. I can't remember. It's not really relevant. Um, but apparently, and I'm not seeing any video clips of it, but several people who support Brighton have said it's true. And that apparently at their um, parade or, or promotion celebrations, whatever it were, um, Brighton fans were singing like Burnley's a shit all or whatever. And he joined in with it and got the microphone apparently and said something like Burnley's a shit all I was always gonna stay um so I'm a little bit disappointed with that but Joy Barton called us all clampets and, and looked how that worked out so he's gonna have to win us all Doherty, uh, Doherty, uh, the Arsenal it's one of them you look at it and you think mm, you're a bit of a dick for that mate but I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna hold it against you well I think that it's cool that clubs, we're at that stage now that clubs are that arsed about us singing songs on their victory parade. Well, they were four years ago. Yeah. Three years ago. Um, but thoughts on the signing then in general then, mate? Uh, I think it's a great signing. I think if it's if it's true, the value that we're paying for him, we're at a million rising to two and a half million, I read. Yeah, um, right. that's like a 150% rise. That's that's weird. It's uh, the, the size of the potential rise is pretty weird in that for me. I've not got yeah, any problems yeah. with it. I just think it's just unusual. Like a million well, quid rising to 1.5 or 2 million rising to 2.5. No, it's 1 billion rising to 2.5. It's just a bit weird. It's found it weird. Any player with Premier League experience at £2.5 million, pound, whether it be to be just a squad player or not, is a bargain. Uh, and that's the way you've got to look at it, I think, as Burnley fans. I think he, he's a Westwood sort of role. Um, you've got Jack Cork, who's injured and... and you know, it's been said before that he's probably not at his best at the minute, whether that's just a form thing or what. Um, and then you've got injuries. Injuries are plaguing this squad. And I think that even if he was just to sit as a squad player, which I doubt he is, I think he'll be one to fit in the squad, to be honest with you. I think he'll want to try and get in it. I think Dash probably wants to try and get him in it. Who he gives up for that spot is, a, is another next argument. But I think it's a bargain for two and a half million. Yeah, there's a lot of people mourning about it. Typical Burnley fan fashion, a lot of people mourning about it. But as you say, for a million quid, even for two and a half million quid, for a, a, a central midfielder who, I'll disagree with you slightly, I think he's probably going to be back up, is, is, a, dec is a decent buy. I think he's going to go in there and he's going to be 
you know, he's, he's coming in with the Premier League experience. He'll, he's a type of player that you see and you think, yeah, he'll fit the Burnley mould. He'll fit the dash way of playing. He'll fit the Burnley mould. Um, but then you're going to have a midfield four of Ashley Westwood, Josh Brown, or Jack Cork and Dale Stevens, who can all play in the centre. Yep. Now that's that, that's that's decent, that. I think it's a great it's a great setup. that. I think, especially at a minute when you've got no wingers, I think uh, it won't be the worst to have extra sort of like centre midfielders that could probably push out. I think Dale Stevens has played on the left, if I remember right. I might have made that up, though. But he's... Um, yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's a bargain. But we just need to get people. Uh, even if Tarky doesn't go, who's the um, the Watford setter of Dawson? I think people like him, the money that I've heard going around for him, like a couple of million. I don't understand why you're not buying these players and building this squad debt for because you've got Ben Gibson who's just left. Get these people in. Yeah, well, we had this debate last week, didn't we, about Dawson? Mm. Apparently, he had a bit of a shocker last night against Newport. I didn't see it, so I can't comment. Um, I put Newport uh, on me, Cooper. The, the new the new Turfcast Discord channel was rife with comments about Dawson and how shit he was. Um, thanks to Quilter. A big shout out to those, by the way, who have joined the Turfcast Discord. Simon joined it, but he's still not been online. Um, we've got Quilter in it. Even Neil Layfield joined it. He said he had to learn it and found out what it was all about first before he joined it. So shout out to Neil for doing that. Uh, we've got a lad called Christian in there as well. And we just chat about things, Burnley Football Club and stuff about the podcast. So that is good. But I want to go back to your comment. It's a modern day forum, guys. I Essentially that, that yeah. That's the way I looked Essentially that, yeah. Uh, but just before I was rudely interrupted, um, I was going to say I want to go back to your comment about him potentially coming into the side. Now, that's an interesting comment and I think we can't just ignore. Who do you think then that is, he's going to replace? Because you've got Weston Brown doing all right in there. Like you say, you've got Jack Cork, who's probably a, a, a third choice, I'd say, now even when he's back from injury because he has to come back in and then show decent form, which he hasn't done for about a year and a half now. Um, so I think Jack's probably going to be on the bench uh, for the majority of this season. However, Brownell can play on the right. And when Hendrick was injured last season, I think Brownell did play on the right at some point last season, didn't he, when he first came? And then yeah, after another injury, he slotted back into the middle as well. So what would you do there with them for? I personally think, like I said it, it sort of briefly, that because of the winger situation, I think some of these sentiments will move outwards onto the wing. I won't mind seeing J-Rod, you mentioned it over there, uh, on the left wing again, if, if needs be, because now Barnes is back. I think that's an option. Uh, but I personally think that not that I want any of this to happen. I'm not saying that, oh, yeah, but Brownell out. But I think Brownell would be his first choice to remove a player first. Do you know what I mean? Like if he wants, if he definitely thinks not, Dale Stevens is definitely one of the best midfielders we've got. He's going in. I think Brownell would be the weaker, the more I think Brownell might be pushed out to the right because yeah, Brownell. I'm not saying, if, yeah. I think Brownell's more versatile, especially than Westy. I can't comment on Dale Stevens because I've not seen him yet. I think he's more versatile than Westy in the fact that Brownell could probably play on the right. And so you might see for a while uh, until we sign a winger, um, Westy, Stevens and Brownell on the right with Dwight on the left. You could see that as a midfield four, I think, going forward for the next few weeks. I think so. I think, um, I think like you said, Jay might drop back on the left. I'd like to see McNeil sort of more number 10 role I've said it a million times I won't go into it again I'd like to see that and then maybe put your Brownell on your right hand side but um, yeah you know what there's some going to be some mad shit happens this next few weeks if these injuries mad keep going away there you mad go you're here first there's going to be some mad shit happening <laughs> if this carries on going the way it's going with all these injuries you'll end up seeing Lawton up right midfield you'll see Brady uh, Barsley at the right back I mean we all know Lawton can deliver so it might not be the worst decision um, and then you've got J-Rod might be on the left wing. You've got Barnes coming back. It's going to be some 
and then they sign his one into fit in. There's going to be some movement in positions, I think. Speaking of Lawton, obviously we mentioned it on the podcast last week that I want to get a shirt signed. I went into the club shop today, and as you can see, bought my fresh new shirt. Asked about that shirt. They said they can't do it because of the current um, current coronavirus situation, meaning if someone brought something back, uh, yeah, fair it has to, it, the shirts would have to be quarantined. Whilst, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine sticking a shirt in quarantine? That's ridiculous. So if I took like a, a, one of last season's shirt back to them and just said, here you are, can you put Lawton on this? Sorry, Lawton on this. Don't want to get it wrong again. Um, Lawton on this for us. They'll have to quarantine it for about two weeks first before they can do it. I like That's mad, isn't it? It's mad. It, it's true, though, that, because my, my kid has a, to read a reading book from school. And he brings one home, and then it has to go in a box for 48 hours before they can give it out to another kid. So what happens? Does, does all the potential disease on it within the 48 hours and bacteria die, or what? I'm, I'm not so. You're the doctor. You're the podcast yeah. doctor. Yeah, apparently so. But yeah, that's what happens. Yep, fair enough. Um, but yeah, speaking of mad shit could be happening, um, and again, this is one that you weren't aware of until I mentioned no, it I to you off-air, um, off but uh, news has come out of nowhere today that Burnley are apparently quite close to signing Harry Wilson. Now, as I said, this came out of nowhere and is developing all the time. I don't want to go full Jim White on everybody, uh, but this one is developing all the I time. I get my raincoat on the text off Johnny Tate saying Harry Wilson. That's all it says. That's how much it's developing. What, and then what, he what says... What's that emoji next to my name? Uh, it's a disabled symbol, mate, because you're disabled. And it's and, it, and then <laughs> he's just sent another one saying he's got a semi, just thinking about it. So there you go. Thank you for the text, Johnny Tate, as we were recording the podcast. Good content. Good content, Johnny Tate. This is, what he's, this is what Johnny Tate brings to the family. This is why I'm happy I've got him on the watch along. But anyway, just as I want to say about... I don't even say his name. Oh, yeah, that's poor from you. That's poor form. That's poor form. But anyway, as I've been trying to say before, I'm really interrupted by Johnny Tate and then Simon. I've come out of nowhere, this, this one, developing all the time. Uh, the original tweet came out from a guy at PA, which is a news agency. Um, and then James Pierce, who I believe is from the Liverpool Echo, tweeted it. Now, he's quite a reliable source because he's got quite good um, contacts at Liverpool Football Club. Um, but then Chris Borden, who's obviously the Burnley Express reporter, has come out and sort of like rebuffed it a little bit and said uh, it's just an inquiry for now. Uh, it's not reports of it um, being close aren't untrue. Now, I think this will be a, a decent signing. I'm not going to go... Uh, everyone. I'm not going to go full Johnny Tate and get rock on for it. I'm not going to do that. I think it's okay. I worry about his quality on the ball in game time. I think he can sometimes get caught in possession or panic, but his set pieces are an absolute dream. I think he's a great sign. I think it's a definite must signing. We, we argue about this many a times of what kind of things that we need to do to get to that next level as Burnley team and what kind of players we want to attract. It's all right, you know, we want all these workhorses because that fits the Burnley mould. But sometimes you need a bit of flair in there. And Dwight McNeil brings that. We can't rely on him all season. Uh, I think someone like Harry Wilson would be in a perfect sort of acquisition. My only concern is what will Dash do with him? Well, this is this is another debate, isn't it? Like, he's, The chances are he's going to sit on the bench for six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, start getting frustrated because he's not fitting into the, the Burnley mould. Like, basically, if he doesn't track back, he's fucked. And according to some of the people on Bournemouth twi Twitter accounts, that like fan pages and Liverpool fan pages, apparently he's not very good at tracking back. And as mentioned, he can lose possession and things. You don't lose possession in the Dice team. And if you don't track back, then that's it. You're pretty much fucked. Um, so he's got to learn how to fit into the system. It's how long that will take, which is a worry. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of signing as a fan you want to see, but I agree with all the concerns that you're saying. I don't know if it fits 
the Burnley way, but maybe we need to break that mould. Maybe. Uh, I think, like you say, Dwight is... Dwight? Dwight. I don't know what's wrong with today. It's um, Dwight and Ish. Yeah. A little bit Dwight, of Dwight. Dwight didn't fit that mould at first. I think I think Dwight, uh, Sean's put the shackles on him a little bit recently, and that's why he's not managed to get as many goals and stuff uh, last season as he did the season before, playing a lot less time. Um so, but yeah, imagine Dwight McNeil on the left, Harry Wilson on the right, Chris Wood in the middle with them deliveries. Like Football Accumulators, which is a, a Twitter page I'm sure you're aware of, a uh, majority are listening to this, uh, will probably be aware of that page. Um, but they actually tweeted this themselves. I'm just getting the tweet up now because I've just had a notification about someone liking it as, as I shared it. Um, Burnley have made a move for Liverpool's Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson on Burnley's set pieces is going to be deadly. Obviously, they're referring to Chris Wood being in the middle and Tarke, fingers crossed, up top and Benby and stuff like that. And even now Jimmy Dunn, who's, who's shown he's got a good head on him. So if you've got Dwight on one side, Wilson on another, pinging balls at Chris Wood's head, Chris Wood's going to get 40 goals this season, I'm telling you. Can I just say as well, on that note, people that want Tarke to stay, these are the type of signings these players need to see to, to think that they're going to get progression within this club. This is this is a big sort of picture. I said it to the wife yesterday. I was looking at uh, loads of people are looking at Brewster at Liverpool, and I'm saying to her, I said the City, Liverpool, United, all near us. They won't even have to move out. They've got players that can't even get in the bloody dressing room. Never mind the squad, like Shakiri and and all these like that. Surely we can be. We are desperate now, and and there's no secret about that. We are desperate for numbers, but there are unbelievable players that we forget play for these clubs like like I said Shakiri earlier that surely we can get a loan and pay half the wages or whatever that would be equate to being fitting in our wage bill yeah and obviously your your point is that Harry Wilson fits this I think so I think he's a he's someone I didn't even think of when I was mentioning it I would like I said these are the type of players that you forget are available for somebody to loan and uh, Liverpool have got a, a serious squad of They've got two squads, haven't they? Man City have got two squads. Surely yeah. there's one or two we can pick out of each one of them. Yeah, well, you'd think so. And hopefully we get this one over the line. Uh, like I said, it, it sort of like went full circle in the space of 45 minutes. The guy who originally broke it, broke it saying exclusive, Burnley looking at Harry Wilson. Then, as I've mentioned, James Pearce from the Liverpool Echo then sort of like backed it up. And he's he's a good source, is that, that guy. When yeah. it comes to Liverpool, he gets a lot of stuff right. Um, but then Chris Borden, 45 minutes since the first tweet, after all the Burnley fans on Twitter, Clarets and, and on Turfcast all got excited, Chris Borden, Borden just went, there's a burden. You're not having him. You know what I mean? Like It's just an inquiry. But I don't want to... I, I, I always remember one thing that Chris Borden did a few years ago uh, when all this news are breaking about Burnley could be signing Joey Barton, Burnley could be signing Joey Barton. Now, I like Chris Borden. I think he's a very good reporter. Um, but he he tweeted an article which said, um, rumours that Burnley could be signing Joey Barton are wide of the mark. And I think like two days later, we signed Joey Barton. So that were actually right funny. So fingers crossed you've got another one wrong this time, Chris. I know it's rare, uh, but fingers crossed you do get this one wrong again. But obviously we're hoping it's going to happen. I'll do, yeah. Southampton game then. Let's look at the Southampton game. Now, Fingers crossed, I have got a Southampton chap on the pod, which I'm interviewing in 25 minutes. Um, so I'll have to go upstairs and change my top to make it look different. I won't do it because obviously that's just giving the secret away now. I've told everyone, so I might as well do it here. Um, so I will go more into detail with him on the Southampton side of things. But let's have a look at the game itself with you, Simon. Uh, Burnley Southampton at the turf this weekend. Saints did look to have kicked on after a poor start last season. 
I remember in the summer, uh, a few people were thinking, oh, Southampton might do well. They might finish in the top 10, top 12. They might push on. Obviously, Danny Ings scored a lot of goals. If he can take that form into this season and things like that, they're going to be a threat. Um, but they've lost two games so far this season. Yeah, Ings, he looks strong against Spurs. I watched the Spurs game the other day and he, he still looks like he could score at any point. He's, he's that good. But um, as far as Southampton went, the further that game got, the worse they got. I mean, they could not. They've got no plan B. As soon as Spurs knew what they wanted to do, once they got one goal in, it was like a leaking tap. They just could not stop that ball through the top. Over the top, my concern is we haven't got that sort of through ball quality that they have. Uh, so if they play a high line against us, it's very difficult for us to sort of take advantage of that. We we prefer sort of like playing against teams that sit, you know, on a counter-attacking, but more yeah. of a set piece. Um I personally think that we should still have enough to beat them. Uh, looking at the way they're playing against Spurs, they were, they were dreadful, mate. And I don't think any Southampton fan will tell you different. They were awful. It was embarrassing <laughs> because they just weren't... The obvious pattern was not getting stopped. Yeah. It was ridiculous. They look all right going forward. And that's, that. as you say, yeah. that, that, that's my concern. They were poor against Palace, though. They were really poor against Palace. And I see Palace as a similar side to us. So if they can't break Palace down, they're going to struggle breaking us down, I think. Um, but I do see it as a tough game. I am looking at this one. I, I had a I had a chat with a Burnley fan at work yesterday. Um, like called Stu, he's in his sixties, um, so he's an older chap. Uh, good lad. Um, but it's I kind of feel like I'm I'm not going to say the term must win because um, that'd just be stupid. But if we get beat against Southampton, we're going to start getting to the point where if we lose a couple more games after that, then we're getting yeah, left behind. Serious. So, I'm not saying must win at all, but we need we need a performance. I think we need but we a, must win. We need a performance, and we need it, we don't really we, we rarely lose the teams outside the top six at home. I know it happens. Obviously, you can use it. You can give me examples where it's happened. I know it does happen, but it rarely does happen. So I don't know. I think I think with everything going on around the club at the minute, it might be just good to get a point on the board. I think. I so saw if you offered me a point now. Uh, in fact, no, I'm not going to take a point. I'm going to risk it. But I'd, I would, I wouldn't begrudge a point. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm going to Burnley win. I think we we should have more than enough. I do think they could possibly score against us. Uh, so for that, I'll probably go two one. But I, I won't be surprised if if we score more. But I'm, I'll go safe for two one. Yeah, you know, what? I'm not going to predict a draw. I'm going to. I am going to go for Burnley win. I'm, I, I do think they'll score though. Like you say, they've got Danny Ings. Um, and we're a bit suspect at the back of the minute because of all the changes and stuff. Like It depends on the team again. If we have Jimmy Dunn and Kevin Long, um, we could get beat. If we have Tarky in there, fingers crossed alongside Ben. I don't really, like I said, I'm not really sure what's going on with Ben. I, apologies if I missed something, but um, I'll have a look on the Physio Room website later and see if it is um, a knee injury or something that I've missed. But um, fingers crossed, it's just, it's talk- if it's Tarky and Ben, we win the game. I'm telling you now, if it's Tarky and Ben, we win the game. Um, but yeah, I'm just a little bit worried about the defence. Um, but yeah, it's one of them. Um, going forward, I think we'll score, but I also think that they'll score. Score. Um, I'm going 3-1. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. 3-1, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 3-2, but that's if we have Tarky and Ben me. If we don't, then I'm going 2-2, Desmond. Bam. Right, there we go. But anyway, it's time to look at um, Southampton game again and get the Southampton angle with the guys from the Saints Prime podcast. And I am joined now by Ole and Mike from the Saints Prime podcast. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, good, good. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah thank, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And as we were just saying then, off, 
off air, you're all you you're both wearing claret. I like that. <laughs> yeah. We said it's not planned at all. It just ended up not planned. You know, no. thinking, hey, hey, we're well prepared, aren't we? Even yeah, you're matching me, and now you're matching the the little background I've got up as well. So, like you say, we're all colour coordinated, so it's yeah. absolutely perfect. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, though, sorry, as I mentioned, um, just want to get the Southampton view. We've just talked about the Southampton game with myself and Simon, but before I get on to sort of like the season and things like that, because obviously we're only two games in, so there's not really much we can talk about, really. Um, I want to talk about some of the summer signings as well. Obviously, Kyle Walker-Peters came in in the summer from Tottenham, I think it was. Um, it look, looks a decent bit of business. He's a he's a, a fullback, isn't he? I don't want to say. I, don't, I, I'm, I yeah. think he's fullback. Sometimes yeah. players move yeah. positions, and I'm like, oh, he's a he's a winger. I'm like, no, he's fullback now. Like, when did that happen? But yeah, he's still a fullback then. Um, but yeah, it looks a decent bit of business from from outside looking in. Anyway, what are your thoughts on it? Well, when when you came in, smart, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go. If when you came <laughs> in at the uh, at the end of January, wasn't it? He didn't get a lot of game time after lockdown. He he started playing really, really well, and we needed a we needed a good right back because Jan Valery was making a lot of mistakes. And he came in, he was brilliant. And now he started this season. He's made a couple of mistakes in the first two games, and we're just thinking, okay. is this happening again? Is this another one of our signings that have come in, made a fantastic impact, and then four or five games down the line, that's when they're really showing what they can do, and it's it's not happening, unfortunately. Yeah, well, he, he looked all right when he was on loan. And I think the the reason why Saints fans were excited to kind of keep him permanently, because on the other side at left back, one of our probably longest servants, Bertrand, did the same sort of thing with yeah. Chelsea. So he came in on loan for, I think, was it six months or was it the season, Mike? I can't remember. Uh, they, I think it was supposed to be for the season, but we signed him mm. after six months. Yeah, so it, it was, I think Saints fans are trying to think like that and think that, like, he came in, he gave a really good performance and we kept him on and we definitely did need a right back. Mike was right in the fact that Valerie was making a lot of mistakes. He was our kind of youth prospect that we're bringing up to kind of play there, but he, he didn't really cut it. So he, he looks all right. I, I want to try and, fingers crossed, he will kick on. And there's a lad from um, Valladolid as well. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know much about him. Um, what do you think of him so far, that signing? Uh, Salisu hasn't played yet. Is he one of those signings that Burnley do, where they bring someone in, they make a big deal about it, and then they're like, oh, at the end of the paragraph, he will be playing for the under-23s. Is it one of them? <laughs> um, hopefully not, because we do, right. again, we need to strengthen defensively, and that's what Walker-Peters and Salisu would hopefully be what they are doing uh, this season. But no, he hasn't played pre-season, he hasn't played in the two opening games, and uh, our manager said that he is looking of being played at some point, you just have to learn the system. And a lot of our signings that have been brought in under Ralph, he they have taken about a month or two to actually get into the first team because they have to learn how to play how he wants to play. Yeah, mm. sounds very similar to Dice. Like you bring somebody in and you don't see him for six months. Mm. <laughs> You've got to learn the Dice system and the Burnley. I way. mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll see him quicker than six months because both of our <laughs> centre backs look pretty dodgy at the moment. So, I mean, hopefully we can get him a bit earlier. But yeah, Ralph's system seems pretty complex to learn. So. Yeah, it might be similar in the fact with Dyche, but yeah, it, it, I think he will take... Uh, he was quarantining as well for two weeks, so we didn't actually get the announcement till two weeks. I mean, it was pretty much signed and done on Twitter, but we were waiting about two weeks for the actual announcement. So um, he, he has been quite behind in the back. So I think, is it October international break? I think fans are thinking we might kind of see him from then onwards. So I think that's what we're trying yeah. to wait for, but he definitely won't be featured in the Burnley game. Yeah, well, fingers crossed for you on that then. Um, I just want to 
I do want to chat about the season a little bit. You've not had the best of starts, two defeats. Mm, at least. <laughs> uh, you, you kind of expect it against Tottenham, but I, I didn't watch it, I'll be honest. But I was driving home from work and my friend was practically commentating on it. And um, he was saying, oh, Southampton look good. They look good going forward. Ings is doing well. He's getting on the ball and stuff. Uh, but then it all just mm. seemed to go takes up, didn't it? For some reason, again, I know you mentioned your defensive frailties. I'm probably sure you're going to pin mark that again, saying that that was the scenario why you lost. But, but it was a weird game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a really strange game. Do you want to go first, Mike, or me? I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. Okay. Right. Um, well, I think the one thing that first half was fine. Like we, I, I'd say, trying to be unbiased, we were probably the better team. Um, they had one moment of a really good possession where I think Ndombele turned on the ball, picked out a man and they got behind and put it in. Son finished it quite well. McCarthy probably could have done a little bit better and coming off his line. But one all I think was we looked better in the first half, but I think Mourinho basically saw how high we were pushing up. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it seems like Ralph's definitely pushed the line up more than we were in quarantine um, in the, in that kind of end of season. He seems like he's definitely pushed it up and he's wanted McCarthy to kind of sweep in behind, a bit like uh, Bayern Munich. You know, when they have the high line and Neuer comes in and sweeps. Yeah. But it just doesn't look like we're ready for that yet. And it seems like it's putting a lot of pressure on the defenders who haven't got the pace to get back. Um, I don't know whether you think of that as well, Mike. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say, it, it felt like Mourinho basically just said to him, get the ball into Kane as quickly as you possibly can and then get in behind, and Kane will just do a first-time pass over the top. That's how they got in the first time and how they scored their first goal, was Kane doing a first-time pass, because we knew that their front three was quicker than our, our defence was going to be. So that's how Burnley would do it. If, if Dyche has any sense, he'll go quickest ball up to the front two as possible, and then get the wingers in behind and just get flick-ons or like first-time passes in behind, and that's how Burnley will beat us. There you go. I'll clip that bit up and I'll send it to Burnley Football Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. I'll send it over. There you go. FAO, Sean Dyche, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because I remember last season um, at the turf, obviously we won 2-0, Burnley won 2-0. And um, one of the goals was literally, it came to one of our players and he was under pressure from one of your lads. I don't know who. I think Everett Peters. And he just smashed it upfield as hard as he could. And the ball got stuck underneath one of your defenders. I can't remember who it were. And it sort of like went over the top and Ashley Barnes just came in and smashed it in. It seems sort of like a similar sort of issues that you're having now then. Yeah, at the start of last season, we weren't we weren't good. We weren't playing like we were at the end of last season. It seems like it's just a cycle for Southampton in the fact that we don't start seasons very well. I think in the last, well, since we returned to the Premier League, I think most points we've picked up in our opening three games, it's six. That's uh, the year that we had Pellegrino in charge and we nearly got relegated. So <laughs> usually when we don't pick up points, it's a good season in the first three. So hopefully it'll be the same thing, but a win on Saturday would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to look at last season. Um, obviously, I, I'm sure you get this a lot, but um, it's you turned last season around brilliantly. You, like you said, you started off quite poor. Then there's the infamous 9 0 defeat <laughs> against Leicester. And I yeah. remember, there's, there's, I worked with a Southampton fan. Um, and I remember saying to him at the time, I said, You're down. There's no way you're going to get beat 9 0 and stay up. Nobody loses 9 0 and stays up. But you didn't even, you didn't just stay up. You turned everything around and you, you ended the season quite well, didn't you? That's why I'm surprised that you've started the season quite slowly. Because in the summer, I was one of them people that were saying, Oh, I think Southampton could probably push for, for 10th, obviously, which is where we finished last season. But it, it, it's weird, like you say, you've not got off to the start that I expected you to get off to. 
No, it, it seemed very well. The turnaround was basically back to the the drawing board for Ralph. He kind of we were playing a, a five at the back system and still conceding goals, and it was kind of like okay, at that point, let's change it up. He changed to his style that did really well at uh, the Red Bull team, Red Bull Leipzig. I'm not, yeah, it's Leipzig, isn't it? Yeah, get the nod there. Um, and it, it basically it's a four four two, but the um, like the attacking midfielders aren't really wingers. They push inside and the width comes from the, the fullback. So what you'll see is the back four isn't a straight back four. You will get really high wing backs and the uh, the attacking players cut into the middle. So basically become number number 10. So almost the formation becomes 2-2-4-2, two, 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 if that makes sense. And the, the mm. width comes from those wing backs. Um, so it, it's a very fluid system and... It just worked really well. It meant we could press a lot higher. And uh, especially, I think, with the, the restart of the season, uh, the pressing worked so well because you got three breaks instead of one. So instead of just a half-time break, we could go out and press really high, have a drinks break, press again. And it just suited our system down to the ground. And we we did, you know, we got some amazing results near the end of the season. And especially, yeah, um, beating Leicester at their at theirs again using that new system really worked well for us. I think that's that's the biggest disappointment of the start of the season for a lot of our fans is the fact that we ended a last season so well and we got to this season. There's so much excitement about it and everyone's just sort of slumped because the first two results have not been what we wanted. Like we thought we were going to beat Palace. We knew that there was always a chance that we were going to lose to Tottenham, but we had beaten City last year. So there was there was some excitement and some build-up about it. And to be beaten the way that we were against Palace and the second half against Tottenham were just so so um, hard to watch because of how we lost. It wasn't like we played well in those two games. The first half of the Spurs game was brilliant, and then the second half we were awful. So it was a real game of two hours, that one. So what are your ambitions for the season then? I presume they've sort of like all the optimism's taken a bit of a step back now. So what what, what are your sort of like ambitions for this season then? Because like I said, I was looking at you in the summer and saying Southampton could get top 10. I think with with an exceptional season, we we will get top 10. Because I think we do, we've got a manager to do it. We've got a bit of quality in Ings. We've got Redmond and... James Will Prowse and players like that who do have the quality to push us into the top half. But in all fairness, I think if we just have a solid season, because so many our seasons over the last couple of years have been major lows and major highs. We haven't had a, just a consistent season. So I, I was saying if we just get a consistent season, come 12th to 14th, and we have no major, major areas that we go for, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, we did a, we did a predictor and we were all, I mean... Uh, Considering how well we played near that end of the season, we were looking at him thinking two new transfers in. Um, we had Hoiberg left, but he wasn't even featuring near the end of the season. So I think the Saints fans were really optimistic and the uh, the the breakdown of fans' optimism has come back to bite us because I think we had about 93. I don't know if you've seen it around Twitter, but our fan base was like ridiculously positive about the season. And then um, it, it's just really fallen back down again. So... I think fans are really kind of unsure because it's twisted again so much. So I think we were kind of saying we get this together, we could get top 10 this year. But uh, I think fans are still trying to like feel it out, see where we are. 
Yeah, well, especially after the start you've had, I can understand sort of like the optimism taking a bit of a step back. But yeah, you just mentioned Ings then. Obviously, used to play for us, did really well for us. Um, thanks to Danny Ings, we ended a hoodoo against Blackburn when he scored the winning goal. We hadn't beaten him for 34 years. I think it was absolute scenes. I were there, incredible. And obviously, we got promoted that year as well. Now, he didn't do too well at Liverpool because of his injuries. Um, but obviously, I think, did he finish second in the race with the Golden Boot last season or third or something? But he was in with the shout anyway, wasn't he? Yeah. He was in with the shout. Definitely. He did really, really well. And it's, it's good to see him come back, isn't it? Obviously, you'll have seen him week in, week out. I only really see him on match of the day. So how's he getting on? Obviously, he's scoring a lot of goals. He must be, must be back to his best. Yeah, and I think it's because he's probably one of the hardest workers in the team. He, he is, uh, defensively, he is our first point of pressing. And him him and Long formed a good partnership last year. Him and Adams at the end of the season as well. They were working really, really well together because they were both pressing really high. And it's hard work off the ball, winning the ball high, and that's what allowed him to like create those opportunities for himself. And that's the joy of watching Danny Ings play. It's not just a guy who's going to be poaching. It's a guy that's going to work for the team and have quality on the ball as well as off it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like He built up a lot of his confidence from... Um, nicking a lot of goals, um, just just pressing and winning it high. And then as he grew in confidence, his finishing just matched it as well. So, um, I mean, some of his first goals in the season was, I think he pressed Larice and just intercepted the ball and put it into an empty net. I mean, it's just a really, uh, it's just his effort levels, especially near end of games, he just doesn't uh, stop. He just keeps on going. Um, but even like uh, the Spurs reverse fixture, he gets in behind, flicks it over the defender and hits it on the half volley. And it just shows like he, he's just a natural finisher. And he, he's been, he was absolutely amazing last season, basically turned into a cult figure of Saints. And uh, it's really nice to see him turn into, well, the player he has. And he's also already on, on the score sheet this season as well. So hopefully it means he can kind of continue it into the season. Yeah, it's one of them. I, I I did look at Danny Ings and think that he was going to do well this season for you. Uh, and like you say, he's got on the score sheet again already. Um, but let's have a look at uh, the Burnley game then. What are your thoughts um, ahead of the Burnley game? So obviously everyone's all like, got their opinion on Burnley and how we play and stuff uh, and how it's always going to be, you know, your, your dogged hard game, that sort of thing. So how do you think this game's going to go? It's never been a good hunting ground for us as Turf Moor. We've, we've never really gone up, especially in the Premier League, we've never gone up there and got a result. Like, I think we've got a couple of draws up there. I can't remember the last time that we actually won up there. And it does seem like when we play against a physical team like Burnley, some of our players do hide and they don't like it. So I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again and, and you go on and beat us because it, it's the way that we start the season and we probably won't get a reaction from the Tottenham game. So mm. I, I think we'll, one more thing. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say one more thing to add. Yeah, all right. Uh, I was just going to say one more thing to add to that is that our depth in our squad is really low at the moment and we're still in the transfer market trying to find a couple of players. Um, but in terms of depth, it is just youth players on the bench, really. So if they get brought into the game to try and make an impact, I can see them, like Mike said, kind of getting lost in, in the game because they're not they're not the biggest, they're not the tallest, so they, they might kind of get out-muscled if they do get brought into a, a physical game. So if we don't kind of hit the game well and we need to rely on subs, I, I, I don't really see them making too much of an impact. I'd be happy if they proved me wrong, but... Yeah, just uh, it doesn't seem like we've got much depth in the in the bench. Yeah, it seemed like you're in quite a similar position to us um, against Leicester. We had Jimmy Dunn and Kevin Long starting at the back. Jimmy Dunn is, is he'd never played with a club before before last week when he played against 
Sheffield United in the Carabao Cup, then he made his first Premier League debut against Leicester, and that's partly why we got beat. I mean, it's a very unlikely Burnley performance, conceding four goals. Hmm. Um, so I think if if we still don't have Tarkey back, Ben Mee's not going to be back, but if we still don't have James Tarkovsky back, then I think it could be... You might have some joy, um, put it that way, with Danny Ings against um, against them too. But I think Tarkey will... will um, will um, be a lot better for us and things like that. So fingers crossed that we've got Tarky back. But I'll just get some predictions off you two guys then. Um, what are you going to predict? predict? Like, don't get me wrong. You don't need... When I go on other things podcast, even even like your Liverpools and your Man City, I'm always like, now nah, we'll win. Now nah, we'll win. Just to be a bit <laughs> Feel free. Feel free to do that. If we took a draw, I'd be more than happy with that. And I think it's going to be a 2-2. I think there will be a couple of goals, but I, I think... If we got two two, I'd be smiling. I'd be happy with that. No, uh, I'll just say two one Southampton because you're always going to be optimistic because otherwise there's oh, no right, point right. in watching the game, is there? <laughs> okay, nice. No, it's funny that you just said two two though, Ollie, and I, I, I've just yeah. said two two. I'm, I'm a, I think you'll score, um, but looking at your defensive frailties, I think we'll score as well. We need yeah. Dwight McNeil to have a good game. We need Chris Wood. Chris Wood always has good. He just finishes goals. That's just what he does. He just finishes his chances, should I say? Um, but we kind of need Ings to be quiet. But we need if we had a, be- a back four. Sorry, a back two of Tarky and Ben Mee. I'll be going to this game thinking that nah, we'll keep things quiet and we'll, we'll be fine. Um, but with Kevin Long and Jimmy Dunn, I'm a little bit worried. Um, but I said 2-2 two, two earlier. If we have them two at the back, if we have Tarky back, I'm thinking maybe 3-1, something like that. I think I think we'll, uh, we won't keep things quiet for the full game. I think he'll score. But, um, but yeah, that's it. Thanks for coming on Turfcast Podcast anyway, boys. Oh. Um, and enjoy the game. Yeah, cheers. You too. But not too much. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so there you go. Thanks to the guys from the Saints Prime podcast for coming on the Turfcast podcast. And hopefully you will see them again uh, at the return fixture. Fingers crossed uh, the season isn't postponed to anything, but I'm not really thinking it is. But that's pretty much it uh, from me and Simon this week. Simon, hope you've enjoyed coming on again. Always, always. You know what? I'm going to discuss um, an idea I have on the podcast. I only discuss these ideas off the podcast with you or yeah. with friends or even people on the discord if you haven't already please join the turfcast podcast discord we have uh it's slowly growing slowly growing um but we've got a few the watch along gang are in there like i said neil layfield and quilters in there simon is in there as well um but you need to get back on it mate come on um so more people get involved and then we'll chat to look at that eye roll he's fuming he's absolutely it's fuming cool. but anyway the plan that i have i said to you off your phone i said to you last week that I want to start doing two shows a week, right? Now, obviously, we're both very busy, so it's going to be difficult to get you... It's difficult to get you in a room once a week, mate, never mind three times a week. So obviously, the Watch Along is a show as well. Um, this is a show. And now what I want to start doing is the, the Southampton thing that I've just done with the Southampton guy. Should I do that? Get in touch with your responses, um, people listening and viewing and stuff. Should I get this Southampton fan, or obviously the next game after that, should I get the opposition team on and put it out as a standalone show, stream it on Facebook, like maybe two, three hours before the game as like a pre-match sort of thing? What are you thinking? I think that you should do... It'd be really cool if you could do that, if you could premiere it, uh, if you can't do it live, we'll premiere it. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I ask is because I went on a Leicester one last week at like 12 o'clock, like... 
eight hours before the game. What time did the Leicester game kick off? It was right seven, weren't it? Something like that. I can't remember. So seven, eight hours before the game. And I really enjoyed it. And he, fair enough, he had 125,000 followers on Facebook. That's which is insane, by the way. Um, but yeah, he were getting some good numbers. So let us know what you think, viewers, because this is your podcast as much as it is ours as well. Um, so if you think that would be a good idea, um, hopefully Simon. You're not busy, are you? Sam? I'm not keeping you from out mate. Are you just no? I'm not trying to sign into Discord, but it's just I'm doing like a million. You know them capture things where it says like Mark. Oh car. yeah, yeah. I've done it like seven times now, and I've still not got past it. Well, I've put you in a I've put you in a group on it. You are in the watch along uh, watch along gang. For God's sake, I've messed up my words so many times today. Um, but yeah, let us know if you think that's a good idea. Um, I'll start doing these interviews with the opposition fans and putting them out with uh, as a standalone thing and call it sort of like pre match. Let me know if you think that's a good idea. And if you do, uh, we'll start doing it for um, potentially the next round of the Carabao Cup if we're in it. And that might just sound silly because you you will all know the result by now. If not, we'll do it for the next Premier League game. So there we go. Fingers crossed we can get that done. Uh, Simon, your thought? You you like that idea though? I like it. I think it's a cool idea. I think sort of like getting... You don't have to do anything. It's, I'll just do it and you just go, yeah, look at that. That's good. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think basically get your people interactive with it as well. It'd, it'd be very cool. Right, so there you have it. Um, thank you for listening slash watching. Um, if you're watching on Facebook on Friday night, thank you for that as well. Um, you can support Turfcast if you're watching on Facebook by sending us some Facebook You're in. You're in Discord. Happy days. Right. Get it. Get, get some chatting in there. You won't know what you're doing yet, though, to be fair. Um, but please okay. follow us on all the social media channels with Turfcast Podcast on all the social media channels. If you want to join the Discord server, then head over to our Twitter. The link is in the bio on there. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we will see you next week. But I think Simon's just got one more thing to say. You don't know what you're doing, do you? Do I? Do I you're called Turfcast. You are. I meant to be Turfcast Simon, isn't it? I'm Turfcast Joe on it. You, you. I ain't changed your name on it because you've not, you've not been on it yet. How do I do it? I can do it for you. You can do it as well. Like, well, you can work Discord out off air. Um, but thanks everybody for watching, and we will see you uh, for <laughs> what the hell. <laughs> Simon's got a, a cabbage if you're listening on the podcast. He's just showed the cabbage on camera with sunglasses on. What? Actually, that's the point. Why have you got a cabbage in your bedroom? Is that sexual? Uh, I wish, mate. I don't get in my own bedroom half at days. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it's here. I've got three kids, though, so they'll have something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for watching. And I've had to sign off for quite a long time now. Hopefully, we'll get it done this time. If you're not already, please follow us on everything. And we will see you next week. Bye. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.